Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, a podcast brought to you by Dakback alums who love football, MMA, and Meryl Street. But first, we discuss Drexel basketball. With me today, I have Marshall Fleming. Yo, yo. Nick and Trieri. What up, bro? Bill Martin. Hey. And I am your host, Leon Makata. This is episode five of the 2016-2017 season. And we actually have not that many games to discuss today. I guess we usually are used to having at least four games, but the William and Mary game got postponed. Yeah, and uh, I saw it just got rescheduled to the 30th, January. Yeah, how much snow did they get down there? Like two inches, inches <laughs> yeah, which uh, pretty much disables everybody in Virginia, I think. I guess we can start with, with actually a prediction. So uh, be all of us, for most of us, I don't think any, all of us predicted pretty much a win going in for James Madison. And uh, unfortunately, we did not win that game. And we looked pretty bad that game. I want to hear how Nick claims that he actually predicted that game correctly. (laughs) (laughs) He was just talking about that over here, right before the mic went on. Well, Nick was the only one to actually predict another win. He predicted the Northeastern, which which actually should have won. Yeah, which could have ended up being a win. Uh, but Marshall and Bill and myself, we all went with losses over there and the UNCW. So looks like this uh, round, Nick, you're the only loser. I'm the big loser. The big loser. Um, yeah, keep that soundbite, Leon, and I have it so you can like, play it back later in the year. <laughs> That's a soundbite we save. Yes, I think you should. Unfortunately, I'd rather be wrong on the other end of the, of the spectrum, but... Um, you know, I mean, uh, we didn't come off. Uh, it's been a tough start, I'd say, to Zach Spiker's CAA career. You know, I think we all thought that um, we would beat James Madison just kind of looking at their record going into CAA play. I think they were 3-11 and going into it. Um, anyways, so, um, yeah, I thought we – you know, we, we started off um, – not the great greatest start to Zach Spiker's career that we all thought we were going to beat James Madison. You know, watching that game, I, I think we, we saw a little bit of Kirk Lee continue to have turnover problems from the Penn game. Um, you know, I think he cleaned that up a little bit after that, after James Madison, but that was a, a pretty critical um, element in the loss to James Madison to me. And I guess James Madison maybe not isn't as bad as we all thought. Um, one interesting note is the three losses we have, all those teams are undefeated still after three games of CAA play, including James Madison. So maybe they're a little bit better than, than maybe they started the year. Um, I don't think we're a last place CAA team. I, I, uh, maybe the CAA is really good and I'm wrong. I, I don't, I still feel like, um, we can dig out of this a little bit. Uh, I feel like we were really close to being Northeastern. Um, we played a good second half against UNCW, um, but it's definitely a little bit of a sobering start. Um, and you know, we, we, Kirk Lee, we're seeing how critical he is to our success. Um, he plays well, we do, we do good when he doesn't play well. Um, we're in a lot of trouble. seems like, I don't know what you guys think, but that was my, that was the cliff notes for James Madison and me. 
No, the James Madison game, I, I think you're right in the sense that we went into that game thinking it would be at least the one easy win in the next four-game stretch after the last recording, right? You were even feeling confident enough to make bets online on Twitter with some beat writer, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, Brian Mole, I think his name is. Or, uh, I have a uh, a couple beers on Drexel not being playing in the pillow fight on Friday, I believe, what the tweet was. And it uh, looks like I'm going to have to open my wallet up so far. It doesn't look too great for our prospects of not playing on Friday. But again, I think it's a long season. I think we will turn it around. I'm saying it right here. I think we're going to turn it around. I mean, James Madison started, what are they, like two and eight, I think, or something like that. Uh, or even more, even more losses than that. And then they ended up uh, after beating us, they beat Townsend by 20, and then uh, and then they beat Hofstra at Hofstra by eight. They did actually lose their last game in Northeastern uh, by 10. But um, after winning two games all out of conference, you wouldn't expect them to win their first three CA games, and they looked better than uh, the two-win team playing us. Jackson Ken or whatever, like completely tore us up in that game. He had his career. Yeah, that guy. Like, he was hitting threes. He was doing everything against us there. I agree with Kirk Lee turning the ball over so much. You're not going to win a lot of games. And I think they went specifically um, with that in mind uh, going into our next game because he definitely stopped trying to do as much as he was in the previous two games with Penn and JMU. Yeah, I, I think uh, Kirk Lee's worst game this season has been the was the Penn game, and the second worst game was JMU. So since then, he's he's uh, stopped turning the ball over as many times as he has. You know, it seemed like it was part of the game plan. He came out and he was uh, just not attacking quite as much and and not forcing things as much in the Northeastern game, at least. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking like. And I, I, you know, this could be a little bit of a freshman stumble for Kirk. I mean, he's been really good for us. He's done some amazing things to start the year. Obviously, you know, we're very all surprised at the the great play he's had. You know, I always, I, I, I continue to think, and I thought this in the exhibition game. You know, I remember saying it like he is a little risky with some of his, and I understand that, you know, risk. You know, big. You got to take risks to get the reward, and it was paying off in the beginning part of the year. You know, um, he really gets in there, into the in with all the bigs. He gets in the lane. He he does he does a lot of dribbling, and I think you know some of that excess dribbling was starting to um, hinder our ball movement that we saw at the beginning of the year a little bit, especially against some of our wins on the road, uh, and maybe teams are looking at some scouting reports and um, doubling him in the lane and causing some turnovers. Um, you know, again, he did make some adjustments the last two games. We'll talk about them when we get to them. But, um, you know, it's it's something that I think that, uh, you know, we definitely – he needs to keep in mind going forward. You know, but on the other end of that, you know, that's where he, he gets in there and sometimes he finds the open man and we get a dunk or he gets that little floater. So it's not like you don't want to take any risk. No, absolutely. The other, I guess, in the James Madison game also kind of exposed us, uh, our defensive liability, I, in, I guess, playing teams in the CAA even, because 
you're you're right. In the beginning of the year, we seem to have a lot better ball movement. All of a sudden, the last three games, actually, even leading up to the last three games, maybe in the Penn game, even our ball movement had has gotten a lot worse. And I don't know how much of that is attributable to, I guess, teams that we were playing that weren't that good, or if we were actually outplaying those teams. And now we're playing uh, teams in the CA that are a lot better than our initial competition when we uh, started the season. I think a lot of it was just Kirk Lee just getting in the lane and making plays and not turning the ball over now that he was a mess in those two games. that It just didn't look as pretty. I mean, with him getting in there and causing havoc, it opens things up and you're spinning around and getting a lot of open looks. Yeah. Yeah, it's not all on him, though. He had nine turnovers, but 21 turnovers as a team. That means the other guys on the court still committed 12. Uh, so, and, and that was spread around. There wasn't any one guy who was terribly egregious uh, in that uh, category other than, than Kirk. So I think, uh, I think JMU was just playing really good defense, no matter who was in there and at what position. Yeah. And Kari barely played that game. If I remember correctly, I'm looking at the box score. Now he played just 15 minutes, which was, uh, we, you know, we were used to relying on Kari uh, a lot for that uh, the three-point offense. And in that game, he barely got any minutes. And some of that was attributed to his uh, liability on defense and uh, a couple of the turnovers he had early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember him getting – he got abused in that game. Uh, and he got pulled for, for defense. That was probably one of his worst defensive games. Um, the whole team on defense – you know, that's another thing I remember, you know, we were texting about our defense in that JMU game was reminiscent of the Penn game. And, you know, the, these guys that don't really seem like they're that quick on James Madison are blowing by us. Uh, we're giving up easy layups. We cleaned it up again, especially going into the Northeastern game. UNCW is a different animal, but going in, we cleaned that defense up. Um, but, uh, you know, we need to do that. We need to play more consistent defense every game. I thought, I mean, not only on defense, but one of the biggest things in Northeastern that changed was we got a little bit from Major Kennedy. I mean, he came in that game and like we were able to give Kerr a rest. I mean, when he's, when Kirk's like struggling a little bit in the previous games, we haven't really been able to do much with Moran in there. So having Major come in, he played solid defense. Um, yeah, three. I mean, he was doing a little bit of everything. He wasn't turning the ball over at all. And he looked good other than it looks like I'm a little worried about his knee. I think we're still talking JMU. No? We're still taking JMU. You can keep talking about it for hours if you'd like. But I figured we'd <laughs> transition smoothly in the next in the next game. But uh, you can bring it back to JMU if you'd like. Go ahead. But I think JMU, the JMU is uh, like – I think a lot of people thought that was our worst game. But I guess it was Monmouth. But it didn't feel like Monmouth was our worst game now that I, when I think back to the first game again uh early the season over there but jmu felt for some reason a lot more deflating than that monmouth game because you go into monmouth kind of expecting to lose you go into jmu expecting to win and you get kind of run out of their gym yeah you I mean you got to keep in mind it was a road game you know i think you can never take any road game no matter who you're playing for granted um i learned that very early on in my Drexel basketball career when we would play Penn down at the Palestra and we clearly had the more the talented team and would get blown out somehow. 
Um, sometimes you go to, a, you know, we lost at Niagara. They, they're supposedly not that great. Going on the road, that can happen. Um, you know, the home yeah, games are the great. ones that, you know, you want to be able. We got we to gotta beat JMU at home. We got to beat. Delaware at home. We got a, the lower tier CAA teams, and we get them at home. We got to win these games if we're going to get out of Friday. Mm-hmm. What was sad about the JMU game also is the fact that Overton had the, one of his best outings, um, which uh, I guess he he was he scored fourteen points and he overall performed uh, ex- exceptionally well. He probably had the best game of the season so far, and we weren't able to convert. It seems like earlier on in the season we couldn't get Overton to get going and we'd have Kirk Lee and Rodney uh, to show up. But now it seems like when Overton shows up, he can't seem for any other player to show up. He can't get firing on all cylinders, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Overton's been fairly consistent the last three games. Um, you know, he definitely did play well in his JMU, not as well in the other two, but we're getting double-digit points out of him. Um, he's looking more like the player I think we thought he was going to be. From a you know athletic perspective, he's the one guy that can create his own shot and make it uh, and shoot over his defender. Um, you know, I, I think I don't know why there's been a couple clutch. You know, Northeastern was another example. Um, you know, we can't seem to get him the ball in clutch situations. And I, I think maybe we should try that. You know, we, we went away from him. We went on other other plays. That haven't seemed to work out. He almost seems like, uh, I guess, it seems to be antithetical to when we win and lose. Other than the Lafayette game, every other time he has a good performance. At Ryder, at Penn, he had a decent performance. James Madison, even the UNCW game, he played better than most. Uh, we can't, we can't seem to win the game. And that's no nothing on Miles Overton, but it seems like uh, if we we know we have the talent, if Miles Kirkley and Kari are all able to play uh, consistently and perform consistently. Rodney, who is, has been consistent the entire season, uh, I think we'd be able to win some of these games. But I think just him, I just think him starting to play better just coincided with the other two, Kirk, the two freshmen, Kirk Lee and Janssen, um, having a little bit of a step down in the last couple of games. And it just hasn't worked out that we're getting everybody at one time. Yeah, another thing that got us in trouble with that James Madison game was our big men did get in trouble. And foul trouble pretty early. Yeah, and I think yeah, that's that you look at the you look at the points in the paint, they that's where they won that game. That's where they dominated us. I guess leading up to the James Madison game, I tried to get a Dragon's Cast pick'em going, which I probably was a little short sighted from when we actually decided to launch it. But I gotta do a special shout out to at Krusty Old Dragon, who's been the only consistent I shouldn't say only consistent, he's literally the only participant. <laughs> Of the Dragons cast pick him, so I, I and uh, if he's listening, I'd like to say that uh, you can keep. Please, you've already won, but uh, <laughs> but shout out to Krusty. How's he doing? Is Krusty uh, Old Dragon Nick's uh, alternate Twitter account? Uh, I, I don't know. It could be, but uh, if that's the case, this is. I, I would say the the experiment of this uh, Dragons cast pick him is even sadder than I thought. But uh, he's already won. But please uh, keep guessing and. I think uh, you, at the end of the year, we'll definitely have something from at Krusty Old Dragon uh, from the Dragons cast team. What is what is Krusty Old Dragon going to win? It'll be what I can afford at the end of the season, I guess. I got to figure that out. How about a <laughs> uh, 
the calendar of the dragons cast cast and speedos. <laughs> I think Bill Bill's Bill's looking forward to that one. That is the worst prize ever given out. I, I, I don't think I, I I don't think anybody would call that a prize. So and I did I think that my phrasing in that tweet was they'd win a prize. So yeah, that sounds I got, like I some, keep sort of, uh, some sort of penalty. I'm actually sitting here in a speedo right now recording this. I don't think I think I might have to edit that out. Uh, yes. <laughs> the only other piece of follow-up we had, other than uh, Crusty Old Dragon being our only participant, actually, uh, was that, and we we also mentioned Kari over here, that uh, on our last podcast we might have been a little too hard on Kari. Uh, I think Drakenfire eighty two mentioned that uh, we weren't too kind to the Iceman, uh, and uh, you know, and thinking back to it, I guess we got to keep in mind that these these guys are pretty young. These guys are still student athletes. Was that you? Were you hard on him, Leon? Or I think me? I think I I might have had some choice words about Kari being able to only shoot from a very specific area of the basketball court and be easily kind of uh, bumped. And it's it's some of it's you know a little irrefutable. Like every time you know, there's two things that usually happen when he takes the ball inside with it when he like tucks the ball in and goes for his layup. One, he actually gets to the basket and actually lays it up and it goes in, which is awesome. And the other part would be where he goes in into traffic. And uh, unfortunately, he is he has to still put some mass on him because he does get bumped in there. And sometimes he ends up just turning the ball over. And he might be getting fouled. I'm not saying he's not getting fouled, but those are very – refs are not going to call that. When the people – somebody gets bumped in traffic over there. And I think I might have been a little hard on him, but you know, in the end of the day, I got to remind myself sometimes when I'm talking about these guys that they are student athletes. They are still, you know, they're they're essentially playing a sport for the love of the game, and and as a result, I have, I you know, I, I get to watch the games and I get to do what I'm doing right now. So, yeah, I mean, everything. I think all of us here, huge fans of the school, of the team, of every player. So you know, we want we we love everybody. You know, it's just. We have a couple opinions here and there, but you know, do you want to talk about Northeastern now? I think um, I think we talked about JMU enough. So yeah, Northeastern was you know at the Penn game and the JMU game, we couldn't seem to shake off the Penn game at JMU, and we got owned by JMU. Northeastern game, at least we I would say we put on a good fight, and we should have probably won that game. And Nick, if we did, you would have been you would have been looking pretty dandy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I thought we were going to win. I think we should have won. We had them at home. We had the lead. We were not shooting well at all. We're actually we're pretty shooting pretty terribly from the outside in that game. We were getting some some decent looks. Um, we couldn't seem to hit anything. But our defense was very good, as Bill said earlier. Um, the return of Major Kennedy, I think is major highlight of this game for me. He didn't do too much on the box score, but when he was in the game, Northeastern with their bigger bodies and, you know, some of the pick and rolls, they weren't able to take advantage as much on switches and, uh, and we're, we're, we're not able to get, they were not just driving in and getting layups. The points they were scoring were, you know, hard earned buckets. Uh, that one guy, Murphy, uh, uh, is it Alex Mur? I think it's Alex Murphy. He, yeah. you know, every bucket he's he, he's a good player. That guy. Um, 
he impressed me more than TJ Williams, quite honestly, in that in that game. I thought TJ got a lot of you know uh, little couple couple bailout calls the line. Um, but I, you know, Alex, that guy's a, that guy can play. Alex Murphy guy's like six nine, six ten. I don't know. He can shoot threes. He can go down low. He can he could do a lot. Um, our defense was good. It kept us in it. We were up at the half, and I thought we we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the first half. We were up one point, and that's great defense. Only thing that does that is defense. Um, second half we did a little bit better. But we we have the ball, a three point lead with a minute left, and we still. We still lost, and that's call it bad luck, call it poor execution at the end. Um, we're a young team. Uh, it'll be nice to get a couple of those going forward. Though. I, don't, I feel like we've been on the wrong, the wrong side of the stick on these close games, uh, especially when you have a lead. We've lost. That's probably, I think, at least the second, not the third, we've lost with, with a lead at the end of the game. I know St. Joe's was one, um, and this is another one. And there might be a third, but. Um, it's tough, but hopefully we can get it back. I was just saying, Major made a difference on, on defense, too, because, like, when Kirk's in and you switch on defense, just because he's 5'8", um, sometimes you can't, you can't make that switch and he's getting, or else he's on, like, a guy who's, you know, 6'5", and it's ridiculous. So uh, with Major in there, they could switch a little bit easier. I think he played a little bit better defense than um, maybe Major could, especially since, like, T.J. Williams, is he's big. I mean, he's, like, 6'3", at the point. They didn't really have any smaller guys in that team um so major made a difference there too and towards the end of that game though I, I like when we couldn't get a bucket i would like to see us try to get the ball to rodney a little bit more i felt like rodney didn't touch the ball um at all towards the end of that game yeah i mean it's been weird who we've been we've been going to at the end of these games st joe's and 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 northeastern uh i think it's been Ree at, at the end on both games um, if I remember correctly, you know, um, you, you mean at the very end, at the very end, if I remember correctly, Northeastern, we Mohica got that steal right after we scored and we were up three. And then we tried to dra- drain the clock and we ended up having Kari drive and miss a layup. And then they went down and hit a three in the corner. That was Northeastern St. Joe's. It was Kari and Kirk Lee taking the last couple shots. Now, I, I would think we would try and get it to Rodney Williams and maybe as a safety valve, Miles Overton, and we know he could create his own shot and get it off. I think at the very end of that game, wasn't it an Overton who, like, forced in a layup when he, there's only 16 seconds left in the But that play? was in the overtime. That was in the overtime. I'm talking about in the regular. Sorry. Overtime, they, they – I think – I remember talk, talking to Leon about – I think over text, we were in trouble going to overtime. Austin Williams fouled out. And that was going to hurt us a lot. Overtime, they just – I don't think it was close in the overtime, but at the end of the regular uh, – um, the regulation, um, I think it was Kari that we had that. But And then I think it was Kirk Lee that had the ball in the last shot. So then they hit the three, and then who was yeah. – I think yeah. Kirk took the final shot of regulation with like two seconds left. Yeah, so at St. Joe's, we went to Kari and Kirk Lee – twice or each one time two times total and then in northeastern it was kari and kirkley uh, let's try and get it to rodney here let's try and get it to overton yeah as, as much as i have a problem with overton's actual shooting percentages i want him taking a final shot he's got the body that 
is going to be able to get that shot clean versus a Kirk Lee or a Kari. And then, yeah, obviously the first choice is to get it inside for an easy bucket. If you get it to Rodney, to Bill's point, they're probably going to double him. And he's smart enough he can find the open guy, too. Mm-hmm. If they don't double him, he'll probably get to the line. Yep. But that's a different problem. I mean, Auburn's really the only guy on the team who really can create his, as long as the guards, has really created his own shot at any time. I mean, it is good that he's shooting. His, his percentage is, I mean, not to say much from his beginning, but he was his percentages have all been going up, um, mostly because he was shooting about, I don't know, 10% at the beginning of the, for, through the first, like, five games. But his, he has been shooting the ball much, much better than he was earlier in the year. Um, he's still taking a lot of shots, though, to your point. But he is the best as far as creating his own look and being able to get that shot off. He's had a couple really tough threes. Yeah, fouled on one, hit it, and he's been knocked around a little bit. He's still draining them. So. Yeah, he's made a couple of shots that uh, didn't look like great shots, but without them going in, we wouldn't have been even in that Northeastern game towards the end of it. And uh, I, you mentioned Murphy had a really good game, Nick, and you're right. He put up 20 points, but in the first half, we were – we were doing a pretty good job on him, uh, and Rodney was doing a good job. But in the second half, Austin would get called every time for a foul. Every, he tried mm-hmm. to do something, and uh, he couldn't do anything. And me and Bill were at the game. We were losing our minds at one point when there was a foul differential in the second half. I think they had called 12 fouls on us, so it's seven fouls on them. And every time TJ would drive the ball, he'd, he'd get to go to the line to shoot two free ones. And... It was it was just getting a little out of control. They even had a call which we thought was a blatant travel that then translated to just a dunk for them. And uh, yeah, he was chasing that loose ball. Wasn't though. wasn't the ref at least giving you some very in depth explanations? <laughs> so, <laughs> the ref the ref was definitely engaging with us, and I I always appreciate it when the when a ref actually comes up to you and tells you his side of the story. But then as soon as you have a retort to them. They tend to. He, I think he came by and was like, "Well, if you slide with the ball, it's not really a travel until you twist." Me and Bill were like, "Okay, so what does that have to do with the fact that you called twelve straight fouls? Like, I think at one point they called ten straight fouls on us." Yeah, and, they shot like ten free throws. Our zero in like the last eight minutes. And he was like, "One question at a time." I have no problem with a ref calling 10 fouls in a row on a team if there's 10 fouls on a, in a row on a team, but that's hardly ever the case. And, and these refs need to just be consistent with what they're calling. And a lot of times I think what we get with CAA refs is the complete opposite of consistency. Yeah. yeah, yeah Rocky got drilled on like the first play in overtime and they didn't, they didn't call it at all. There's a number of plays where our guys got hit, like the same exact type of foul that was down the other end, and we just, they just didn't give it to us. Yeah, I mean, fouls, it's not like socialism. It's not like you need to spread the fouls around. But it typically but- is what happens in a basketball game. There's been plenty of situations when you've seen they start calling tic-tac fouls when they notice that the foul calls haven't been evened out. That happens in every game. I agree. It shouldn't be done that way. If a team's calling, if a team's actually committing more fouls, they should be called out as such. That's not what was happening at this Northeastern game. And that's not what typically even happens in an NCAA basketball game. At some point, the refs feel like they need to make it, a, I guess, a balanced game. But in this particular game, TJ Williams had this little head, yeah, uh, head not a head fake, but like he'd like kind of throw his head back every time he took a drive in and got bumped a, a little bit. He was a head dispenser. 
Yeah. Is that what it is? The Pez dispenser? Yeah. He would do that every time. Yeah. And he'd get the call. And it was... It was like I could have. He had seven points, uh, I guess, on the from the free throw line, and I I feel like all seven of them were in the second half. Because he I, every time I looked up, he was we were getting called for a foul, and he was going to the line, and that's it's extremely hard to compete against that. First half, we were able to control Murphy, we were able to relatively control T.J. Williams, but in the second half, he couldn't do anything because every time he tried to actually play defense, we would get called on it. Was Spiker getting on the refs at all that game? Uh, actually, I don't remember. No- I don't. I don't remember noticing it. So I assume not, because I would think. I, I think we were getting on the refs, which is probably again the right thing, right group of people that should be getting on the refs. But the entire alumni section where we sit, we were losing our minds. Yeah, I mean, they shot twenty-one free throws, made eighteen of them. We shot ten, made five of them. I mean, that's it's a huge difference in a game that goes to overtime. Um, and they were all at the end of the game. Those free throws. Yeah, T.J. Williams was getting bailed. I mean, I was watching on the on the webcast. Yeah, T.J. Williams, especially at the end of the game, he was getting some bailout calls. Um, Nick, was T.J. Williams the one when you and I were at a game, I think it was last season, and we were doing that Pez dispenser motion to the refs because they kept falling for it? Was that the same guy? I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> I like the Pez dispenser analogy, though. It's pretty accurate. I, I, no, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but but uh, going back to some of the good stuff that we saw in that game, Kennedy coming back, giving us some solid minutes on defense and on offense was was uh, definitely refreshing. Getting giving currently the deserved breather that he probably needs this year uh, at some points, and currently was still not being as aggressive. But Kennedy giving us those minutes, and actually looking at the performance of that game, Sammy had a good game. Rodney and Austin had decent games, but the fourth best player that game uh, was Major Candy. I totally agree. He made a huge difference. Um, I I think he hit a three, too, um, if I remember correctly. Um, um, He was great, and it's great for the kid to get some meaningful minutes and contribute. Um, We're definitely going to need it. But one thing that's clear in these like close games, like after we watched the Lafayette game, which was I guess the first close game we had this season, I thought we would have more uh, of a plan going into finishing a close game. And I think the Northeastern game and the St. Joe's game has definitely left me disheartened that uh, we're no further along than maybe we were uh, in the in the Bruiser years. But again, this is Spiker's first year, so I can't judge him too much. Well, how much of that do you think is Spiker uh, versus Bruiser or the fact that we have a freshman point guard and a very young team in general? No, I think that's absolutely a huge contributing factor. But if uh, I would question your play call when uh, you have one minute left and possession where you don't call a timeout or when you have 16 like seconds left to play, and you call your play call is to go for the quick layup instead of taking you know setting up an outside shot maybe with a double screen, so uh, with one of your like Kauri or Miles. So I you mm-hmm. know some of, I agree we, yeah. uh, from a maturity level we still have ways to go. We have a very young team and uh, Kirkley and Kauri Johnson as our freshmen have been, far exceeded my expectations already. Everything right now is just icing, but. Uh, I was very surprised some of, at some of the play calls in these close games. I was expecting, I guess, a lot more, uh, maybe something a little more surgical when it came to the, 
came to the final plays of the game as opposed to, well, let's go for the quick layup or let's try to work. Uh, let's see if Kari can take a three-point shot or Kirk can get a three-point shot when they're probably the two players that need the most help right now, at least creating a shot on their own. You don't always know, though, if it's like the actual play calling or it's the execution, too. Like the play where Miles took it in with that little bit of time left, I mean, I don't know if that was a spiker call or it was just Miles Overton improvising and going to the hoop. I mean, it could go either way. No, that's a, that's a, that's a good point. But one minute left uh, when we had the ball, and when Sammy just got, I guess we got a turn. Uh, Sammy, did you get a steal or something? And you were bringing up the ball. That's perfect time to call a timeout and set up a play, right? Well, I think we did call a timeout when, when we called a timeout with very, thirty seconds. The left. very next possession. Yeah. Well, and our play was Kirkley dribbles around and shoots a really, really tough long two. I mean. Who's going to criticize you if you work it in a Rodney there? I mean, how hard would it be to? I, I'm agreeing with you, Leon. You know, I, I'm not trying to. It's year one, we got a young team, but uh, you know, right there is your tie game. Thirty seconds left. Call timeout. It shouldn't be that difficult, unless they're doubling him, fronting and back, to get the ball into Rodney Williams there. Uh, you know, you get Kirk up, you get a screen. Back screen, get get an entry pass. If if he's being doubled right in the beginning, someone's wide open. Mm-hmm. If he's not, you can get it to him. Even if you get it to him a little high, let the double come, or just let him let him try and twist and throw one of those scoops up and see if he gets on the foul line. See what happens. In the end, you know, if he shot our usual three point percent, we'd have easily won that game. If they didn't go to the line, you know, eleven more times than we did. Maybe we would have won the game. So you're Maybe. saying Nick was correct. <laughs> I, I think Nick was correct, right? And oh, I think in one of the dimensions that exist, Bill, Nick is correct. So he's just, just in the wrong dimension with us right now. Don't start talking about dimensions. He'll get on some sort of space <laughs> tangent that I mean, we won't be able to get out of. JMU is, is my only loss of the season so far. <laughs> <laughs> That that one I will take, but Northeastern, I mean, we had the game won. So that one really doesn't count. You you fed him that one, Bill. I know. So I'm like 13 and one. Anything else that you guys want to talk about the Northeastern game before we jump to the the wonderful UNCW are they the Seahawks? They are the Seagulls. Where are they? You can go with the Seagulls, that's fine. Okay. Um I'll I'll go first since I have to hop off in a second, but uh, I was actually encouraged by the UNCW game because I thought we were going to get smacked, like give up 110 points and lose by 30. So for us to only lose by 18 and to have had it down to what, I think eight at some point in the second half, uh, I was I was encouraged by that, especially coming off of two, well, two conference losses and uh, dating back to out-of-conference play, a, a string of losses. So I was oddly encouraged by that. Yeah, I actually agree. I mean, other than the first, I don't know, was it 10 minutes of the game where they just came out and just shell-shocked us? I mean, we were turning the ball over. We were barely getting shots up. They were running up and down the, uh, up and down the court, scoring layups, hitting threes, and they were doing everything. And I think they were up, like, over 20, like, right away. But then after that point, we kind of just stuck with them and – Fought back, but we dug ourselves too deep of a hole and just couldn't get out of it. I mean, they look good, but 
Uh, we played with them for most of the game. Yeah, I mean, um, they're they're good. They 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 play in your face defense. Kind of reminds me of VCU a little bit um, when they're in the conference um, with with that kind of havoc style defense. Uh, we actually uh, very tentatively, I would say, handled the full court pressure. Um, we didn't capitalize on any of it, um, which I was a little disappointed. But again, yeah. it was the first time we. There was a couple times where we got the ball like Rodney or Austin, and the other one of we them had a two on one was on the other side of the basket the side, wide and, open, and we just kicked it back out. Yeah. Like I was losing my my shit at that moment. We like got to stuff it down their face. You want to press? We're gonna beat it. Dunk it in your face. That's what we need to do. Uh, you know, but you know, again, young team, first time playing them. They're 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 a top twenty five team. You know, uh, they're. Very, very good. I thought we came out in the first five minutes of the game and we looked intimidated. We we were we were totally um, bum rushed by them. Um, they went up and down the court real quick, scored a bunch of layups on some cr- great penetration. All their guards can drive. Um, Bryce Ingram, Flemings can get in there. Um, Mosley a little bit. They they can get in there and then they when. When you double on them, they dump it to that cock guy, and he just dunks it. Kakook, kakak, whatever. Kakok. Um And Coach. if they don't do that, they can they can just stick a jumper. At, and three of them can stick jumpers with hands in their face. Um, so they they are they are extremely talented. Um, but you know, to Marshall, to your point, I thought um, we did a pretty good job of um, coming out of halftime with some fight. Um, I think it helped that there was that in- incident in the first half. I think it got some people a little fired up and kept us going. Um, you know, we don't want to look like we don't want to get embarrassed in our own house. I mean, you got to have some pride at the end of the day. And we did show that. I'm glad to see that. You know, I, again, first five minutes killed us, and I thought we looked intimidated. But good thing, you know, a win out of that one is we showed that we can play with them in the second half. And we're not going to lay down. Yeah, I think we went from the Northeastern game where they had two good players, like really good players, TJ Williams and Murphy, to a team that has like four, I mean, really good players, right? Like you guys mentioned, uh, like Ingram's played 38 minutes and put up 22 points. That Kaycock guy killed us on the boards and put up 22 points as well. Fleming's had 19. And the guy who has been averaging the most points for them didn't even have that game, that great a game. It was uh, C.J. Bryce. He only put up 11. So this was an extremely talented team. We probably had... Uh, I was I was happy to see us put up 46 points in the second half. The first half, you're right. We're a young team. We came off and we looked like... Uh, we... Didn't know what we were doing, but that's expected. This is this is a team that's I mean, that's the, that's the best that's the best team we played season as far as I'm concerned by far. Yeah, like they uh, they were impressive right off the bat, and uh, it was good to see that we could stick with them for 15 minutes. I mean, if we didn't come out on that just out of that complete and utter mess in the beginning of the game, we might have uh, might have been able to be right there with them at the end. Kind of got exciting when we, like Marshall said, we brought it to about, I think, eight. It was either eight or ten. And it seemed like we'd get right back in the game. And then they just, like, had a couple run-out layups and dunks, and then it was... They they shot over 50% from the field. which And a lot of them, I agree, were, like, easy layups in the first half where 
our defense uh, looked atrocious. In the second half, at least, we were able to clamp down on that, and make sure they, you know, they didn't get as many easy layups. But they, they're a good team. But the, I guess my questions to Nick, Nick, they're extremely good. But are they classy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stay classy, UNCW. No, I mean, I wasn't very. I got a little fired up that game. Uh, I think the usher what? came over and said something to me. Yeah, I just, you know, that. It seemed like they were chirping a little bit more than they should have. Um, go in, win. You know, you're killing a team. Just a tree like a business trip. Don't start chirping on the sideline, chirping during the, you know, in between timeouts. And yeah, it's not like we're some kind of rivals with with them, or like uh, we're both on the same level and they're smacking us. Like the, the there's no rivalry between us with UNCW at all, other than we play them twice. So I, I don't get where that comes from unless they do that against every single team. I think a little bit is, um, you know, when you're the coach, this is my guess, but there's a swagger element and you want your guys to um, play like they, they, what they did to us in the first five minutes was intimidate us. And, and that's the kind of, that's what they're going for. But there's a line between playing hard, tough, intimidating defense and then um showboating and and um and getting cocky and that kind of stuff but sometimes i think that those lines can blur a little bit um but as a you know as a you're as the coach is supposed to handle that and i'm not really sure exactly what happened um you know what it did look like and and from what i heard you know there's possibly an assistant coach that said something to overton and him and Miles went over there and you know, reacted and didn't look like Spiker was too happy about it. Uh, I know he said all the right things that you're supposed to say in the post game. You know, um, it was a miscommunication. Um, but, you know, it didn't wasn't something. It was definitely something that fired me up for yeah, the rest we, of the game. We don't know exactly what happened, but we know it wasn't classic. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not classy, I got to go. All right. All right. Good luck with your haircut there. Thank you. you I, I thought you only got a haircut once a year. I know. This is like my third haircut in six months. Uh, but oh. it's, everyone who's going to be at the Delaware game will appreciate it because I'll be back east for that. So nice. be on the lookout for that Dragon's Cast. <laughs> Quick predictions. I think, we, uh, I think we beat Northeastern, and I think we're going to smack Delaware because Delaware sucks. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how he gave his predictions, but he didn't have a suit update. I'll handle that. The only thing I think we should, uh, I guess, highlight in that UNCW in the second half. Does anybody know what happened to Sammy Mojica? Or I know in the post game, I guess Spiker mentioned that there was a decision made by the trainer and that he supports it. And let's talk about the game. So he kind of dissuaded the. He kind of didn't talk about the actual thing, but. Do you guys know what happened? Has anybody heard? I didn't anything? hear too much. I didn't hear too much. I heard. I just saw a tweet from uh, uh, Dan Crane over at Always a Dragon that said uh, that he didn't expect him to be out long. Um, but I don't know what his source was on that. But it, it it didn't sound like it was anything serious. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Like he, I don't even think we noticed it. We were like John Moran starting. That's kind of odd. And then and we were like, same week is not even on the bench. So I don't know. Maybe if it was. I don't remember him getting hurt in the first half at all. 
Yeah, neither um, do I. That was what's strange. Yeah, I didn't see it either. Maybe. Also, also worth mentioning of John Moran. <laughs> oh, right. What about John Moran? He got <laughs> hot. Just like fired up out of nowhere, and uh, John and Fuego Moran. Yeah, despite shooting, I think yeah, again like eleven percent of the season from three, he uh, he drained four of seven. In the game, uh, dropping a career high of 12 points, I believe. Well, I think they left him open a couple times, you know, and uh, we got him the ball and he hit him, and then then he hit a couple tough ones. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he just started firing. And he had one like, heat check, was from the NBA range, almost went down. Um, he was playing hard. I got to hand it to him. He had a good game. Um, gave us a little. Does actually John part of that one. still have a good game if he weren't down 20? I don't know. I'm going to answer that question. He just doesn't get that many minutes. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, he, he, first of all, I think that's what he, he's known for, right? He's supposed to have a great outside shot and he was hitting it that game. He probably wouldn't have seen as many minutes if Mojica wasn't uh, out for the second half, but he brought us to within eight points of UNCW. A lot of the fact that we were in that game towards the second, uh, second half of the second half was probably because of him. Yeah, no, I understand what your your point is. Like, um, you know, does he even in the game or get those shots off if we're not down twenty? I think that's what you're saying. Um, probably not. You know, I, I mean, it, it's a little bit of a moral win to me. You know, I wouldn't go as far as Marshall did about you know, just think about what we just got done saying. We're at home and we're happy about getting it to within eight and then losing by eighteen. Uh, I mean, that's not a team. That doesn't sound very optimistic. What do you think your chances of playing them on the road are going to be? Uh, I mean, if we would have gotten that game really close, say we got it to within two or tied the game. I mean, you think yeah, a team like them that's so experienced, like, do you think we're going to beat them? We can't even. I don't think he's expecting us to beat them. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, they're a really good team when we shouldn't be beating at this point. If we did, it would be impressive. I mean, even when I was saying, it was just like, we held them for 15 minutes. Only five minutes, or not for 15 minutes, for all but 10 minutes of that game. If we uh, didn't completely collapse, we would have been all right. And that's what the, the positive take away from it. I, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting to hang with that team at all. I thought it was after that first 10 minutes, I thought we were going to get, like, destroyed by 42. Once we My got it with an eight, though, once we got it with an eight, I thought we were going to finish within the 10, 15, 10, 12 mark. I didn't think we ended up. I guess uh, towards the end of the game, we they still made some shots and we couldn't get anything in because I, when I look back at the box score, I was like, "Oh man, we lost by 18." I thought it was closer at the end over there, but yeah, I guess not. Also in that game, I, I thought this one criticism spiker on that was that there's some questionable lineups. We were playing like a a four guard, one big man uh, lineup, and for some reason, Tyshawn Miles was in that lineup, and like. With Rodney not in much foul trouble at all, and I don't know if I think Austin fouled out. In foul trouble, but Rodney should just play played more. Even I mean, Miles is all right, but we had with Moran on the court. If he didn't do what he, if he does what he normally does, we have no offense on the on the on the court at that point. Um, but he showed up, so made it made it. Tyshawn Miles is a tough uh, matchup against them. Um, you know, maybe it's just part of like a process that spiker's trying to get into with a deeper team and um that's my only possible retort to that although i agree with you or was it like we went down like 
15 or 20 points and he hit the, ah, you know what? Let's experiment button. Like that could be, I just don't, it doesn't seem like we're going to beat this team. Let's uh, try a couple of funky things. And guess what? Moran heat, Moran heating up worked. Well, that did, you know, what's interesting about playing them is, and I know we're trying to go to the think big play fast style and hopefully next year we'll, I think with who's come, the guards coming in, we'll be able to do more of that. Almost, but the way we're set up, we'd almost want to, to beat them, slow the game the whole way down, bruiser style, and muck it all up. I mean, that's how we beat VCU back then when they wanted to play fast, and we just slowed them down um, and work it into our big – we do have a matchup on them. Uh, we've got I mean, we get Austin and Rodney on, on the floor at the same time. I mean, we're bigger than them by, by, by a lot. Um, yeah, Rodney. I mean, I agree. Rodney was a mismatch in that game. Should've, yeah, should have had him in more and fed him more. That's what I was kind of. Um, we couldn't make a foul shot. But he started at the end. He, he, at one point, good. Rodney I think was like zero for eight. And then between like two games, um, but then he started. Uh, I think he hit his last five or something in that game. Yeah, and and I, I think that's a good point you guys bring up. Where if this was the old school Drexel team that just hunkers down and slows the whole game down and continues to work the ball to the big man inside. We might have had a better shot against a team like this that's just so much more athletic than us but has some weak points that you could exploit. I mean, they're they are playing how we want to play, uh, but they're like, so they have the, years, I don't know how many years Keith's been there, but he's built that personnel already. Yeah. He's only been there three years, I think. That's three years. I mean, that's yeah. three years of players that he's bringing in. He's got that personnel where we have, you know, one year of Spiker uh, and only really two players that he brought in uh, for this and, year. And those two players by have already far exceeded our expectations. Yeah. Like, so, I, mean, I know Kirkley's had a couple of bad games. Kari's had a couple of bad games. But coming into this season, none of us were expecting Kirk or Kari to be contributing as much as they have already. Yeah, I agree with that. Miles and those uh, – the four guard line of rotations when we're not in foul trouble. Uh, there was a couple of times where we could have easily scored. Uh, if it was Austin or Rodney in there, that was questionable. Uh, and to you guys' point earlier on, like there was a couple of fast breaks where we didn't punish them, where we'd yeah. break the press and we just would, uh, we would almost forget that, the, you know, the point is to score quickly. Yeah. I, I really wish we would have, especially when we got down. I mean, why not? Yeah, what, what do you have to lose? The one thing I would like to see in these four guard lineups, like I don't know why we don't play a little Sam Green in there. When he's been at, when he's been out there, he looked all right. He's only played like a couple significant minutes in a couple games, but um, he's kind of that like hybrid forward that could play in that form and that uh, four guard rotation and kind of still have a guy who can shoot and, and defend like a, a little bit of a quicker forward. And he didn't see any minutes in that game. So I mean, I, there's just Obviously, he's not high in the rotation at this point, but yeah, I don't think we've seen we saw him any of the last three games, right? We've gone to this four guard lineup a few times, and we, other than I'm trying to think back to the game we actually saw him, it was one of the home games, right? St. Uh, Joe's, St. Joe's, yeah, he had, and yeah, it is surprising that he hasn't made it up. And I think we've been talking, we've talked about it offline a couple of times why Sam Green. We don't understand why Sam Green's not in there, but I'm sure there's a reason for it, I guess. I mean, they probably see him in practice more than we do, obviously, but he looked all right when he was out there. I mean, I wouldn't mind having him thrown out there a little bit just to see what he could do. 
Yeah. I mean, I know Moran heated up, but I mean, before that, I would have thought Shane Green would have provided at least as much value as Moran mm-hmm. in one of those four guard lineups, especially with Major back. Now but we don't Sam, need Sam was a bruiser recruit? Yes. Okay. Peck and, and uh, Sam Green are both bruisers. Peck's been playing better recently. I don't think he. I mean, we didn't talk about him, but he looked okay yeah. in JMU. I guess he didn't really get in in UNCW, but it's interesting that the teams we lost to are 11 and 1 in the CAA. Um, with James Madison, the only loss. And don't we, I mean, we play, we go right back at it too. Like we play Delaware, but then we have, we play Northeastern Wilmington <laughs> again. Yeah. That's so, a weird scheduling. I like hopefully, I mean, we get, it's going to be tough going in there early on here, but maybe we can pick up some wins after that. That's yeah, true. With uh, I did well, now that we mentioned the Delaware game. So we I, this weekend we have Delaware at home. Uh, so I think we're gonna have a special episode of Dragons Cast. I sent an email out to a couple of the uh, old Dak Pack guys. The current Dak Pack president uh, is helping us organize uh, a live recording of the Dragons Cast this weekend. So. If you guys would like to participate, just hit us up on Twitter. And uh, if not, if you guys would like to just come out and support us, we should be at the DAC around 2 o'clock doing an uh, episode of the Dragon's Cast. A special episode just titled Delaware Sucks. Appropriately titled. Are, are we going to go over some old DAC pack stories at that? Yeah, I'm I think. looking forward to this. Yeah, I think we're just going to reminisce about some old rivalries. You know, think back to the original DAC Pack website and some of the great write-ups we had on there and how we had the most hated player and the and people that we hated on the CAA. I, did we even at one point have, like, the refs we hated the most or something? I thought we kept it real classy. Oh, yeah. OG DAC Pack did not <laughs> keep it classy. I think we had, uh, you know, ref yeah. snippets and definitely um, inappropriate comments about opposing yeah. players. But, you know, the, yeah, exactly. the DACPAC administration has moved on in a much more classier way yeah. since... They're not in San Diego that. anymore. But <laughs> but that being said, I think uh, we're just going to have a couple of the old DACPAC people and the current DACPAC people where we talk about some of the old rivalries, memorable games, things like that. So if you guys are interested in joining, please hit us up or just come out around 2 o'clock. I think the DACPAC and the Blue and Gold Club are having some events that day anyway. Uh, with that, let's just talk about the last two topics, which is we'll talk about suits after. Does Rodney make the first CAA team this year? Oh, man. This we obviously is a- debated this offline already. So um, I think he's going. If his numbers keep up like they are right now, I don't know how you keep him off on the CAA first team. I mean, the kid is third in his league in scoring. I think he's in the top five in rebounding. Um, there's not even any forwards really close to him except uh, a Kaycock at UNC Wilmington, um, who averages about two and a half points less than Rodney, but he does average a couple more boards. Um, but And he's like the fourth best player on that team, so I don't know if they would put him on over him. So right now, assuming he keeps playing the way he is, and I have no reason to think he wouldn't because he's been so consistent, I think he would be a lock for the first team right now. I think that we need to finish in the – we can't finish last in the CAA. I mean, I, so I, I think um, I think the stats are great. Um, you know, I 
we're zero and three CAA. You know, I, I'm encouraged. I think we can do better. I think we will do better. And I think you know, if we get to 500 or maybe a little below 500, he does make it. But um, I think that um, if if we don't, if we're in the bottom three, bottom two, I don't think he makes it no matter what his stats are. I just think he'll be left off the team altogether, or will he be second? And I'm not saying that um, it's deserved, but um, I think that you know we've seen that before. What did he make last year? Did he make any team? Honorable mention coming in this year. He only averaged ten a game though. He's upped his average by seven points. T.J. Williams wasn't on any team uh, start the year either. He's, He's upped his average by I think sixteen. Somehow. I mean, I think he's definitely going to make a team. Probably should, uh, first team. You could give it to that Murphy guy. He's a kind of like a center, isn't he? Yeah, but it's, well, I guess his stats, I mean, he is, but his stats are way below Rodney. more of a forward, right? Or is he a he's a forward. But I mean, even if you just take two forwards off the yeah. roster, I mean, he's averaging less points, less rebounds, and lower field goal percentage than Rodney. So I don't know. I think you'd have a hard sell there. But Yeah, but he probably is going to be in a more winning team. You're going to have two Northeastern guys? How many UNC Wilmington guys are going to have? Four? I mean, it's like there's only, there's only like, usually it's not completely uh, dominated by one team. Well, I mean, I think um, we have a wager, right, Bill? What was our wager? I think it's 20 bucks. It's a high stakes game of, uh, I think he's going to be on first team. 20 American dollars? 20, 20 Canadian, 20 Amer- actually. Ah, I think it's converted. more valuable. <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Bill has them on the first I'm, I'm, team. I'm just using it, you know, in case everything goes wrong here. I'll, I'll need those Canadian dollars to. Uh, I, I'm saying he's not making the first team. Bill says he has 20, uh, 20 American dollars. I have a caveat, though. If we finish, if we turn it around and finish over 50% in conference, my bet's nullified. It's kind of, kind of a cop out, but I, I went with it anyway. I, I like thought him. you had your own nullifier, didn't you, Bill? I thought you had. Oh, they don't. They take no forwards. That was just in in uh, retaliation. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I th- I think Rodney he's having an incredible season. I still think he could be. Does he four- make first team? Yes or no? Does he make first team at this point? If I had to pick a first team CAA today, yes. Okay. You have to put him on now today. If you just look at okay, let me rephrase that question. You're not picking the team, but does he does he still make it? Do you think the people that pick the team make it? The people that pick the team pick Rodney. Right yeah, now, today, yeah. yes. Okay, uh, that was I wasn't saying that I got to pick him today. I was saying okay. those people would pick him. Uh, with that, is there anything else uh, you think we should cover today, guys? Other than suits, I mean, I'm eagerly anticipating the. The suit portion of the show. All right, Nick, uh, the floor is yours. All right, so um, we saw the navy blue suit make a couple appearances uh, this past week. You know, I think the the consensus was, I couldn't see Northeastern because I was watching a WebEx. It was grainy. Um, But it looked like the return of that off-the-rack gray suit. Um, Did did you say WebEx? Or not (laughs) WebCast, whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just calling you out because of, you, you still think that you're at work uh, watching Drexel games, but um, but that navy blue suit looks um, looks tailored, so uh, it doesn't look like the other blue suit that 
Yeah. Looked a little bit off the rack. So at the beginning of every game now, we have um, one of our favorites, Rob Falcone, comes over and gives us the highlights on Spike <laughs> Suit. Yeah, I think I think Rob came over. Yeah, Rob came over. Uh, I think me, me and Bill were sitting over there uh, getting ready to watch the Northeastern game. Rob was like, he his pants definitely are like super tailored looking today. It was like it looks like he actually has a nice suit on today and uh, we we took a picture of it and i think i sent it to you and marshall and marshall's quickest comment i think uh, and you'll probably correct me over here was that he thought the pants looked great but the the suit jacket itself had too much gap in the shoulders so he didn't think it was tailored so mm. so i i, I didn't still notice that the detail but um i'm marshall would yeah i honestly still think he doesn't have a tailored suit but he has a couple of off-the-rack suits that fit him better but That'll be something we'll have to ask him directly, I guess. Yeah. yeah once, we, once we get him on, we should only ask him about his suit. <laughs> Nothing else. Whatever podcast it is, we manage to get him on. I'm going to come with a black lapel gift card for him. <laughs> Tell him this is online. Is that, is that our gift? Is that our gift from the Dragon's Cast crew to yeah. a person that makes more money than all of us combined? We we should just give Krusty Dragons a card that says, congratulations, you've donated a suit to Coach Spiker. <laughs> no, Nick gives him the gift card. It'll be interesting after all this debate on his suits to get the, the real answer on the tailored or non-tailored. And Are you going tailored suit. still, by the way? I think that navy blue one is tailored, but I think I'm with you on the rest of them. I think they're off, off the rack that some fit them better than others. Okay. I, I would wait on this, but I, I really don't care. I'll stick to the basketball analysis. That's right. You should have seen the suit Bill was wearing at this wedding this weekend. He actually it didn't look like a typical Bill Hobo suit. <laughs> I guess it was from I'm the pretty Steve sure wedding. I've seen him in that suit before. It's a previously worn. <laughs> I mean, it could be a hobo suit. It was worn shoe, at another wedding. Those shoes that Bill was wearing is worth more money than most of his outfits at work. Did you like wear the same shoes that we wore? I did. Oh, I okay. did. Okay. One of my friends basically uh, forced me into buying an entire suit for his wedding. So I utilize that. At least you have a quality suit. I'm just going to keep using it until that thing runs to the ground because it's already first. And you know what? When you You buy a quality suit, it lasts a long time. You should really rub it in Nick's face that that wasn't a tailored suit, though, Bill. That wasn't a tailored suit at all. He he was mistaken. His his, his whole suit analysis needs work. Yeah, I think he he just debunked himself with that whole thing. Yeah, he did. Wasn't good, but that wasn't a tailored suit. No, that wasn't a tailored suit at all. Well, at least it was a fine it was material. Kind of it was bought off the rack. It was bought, and then it was tailored. It was tailored. I oh. had a I had a nice elderly gentleman at, at Men's Warehouse measure me for said uh, tailoring. So, guys, uh, we only have a couple of games to predict. Actually, for the Del, I don't even want us to predict the Delaware game until we actually do the recording at Delaware. So, just the prediction for the Northeastern game. Uh, I think Marshall already gave his prediction. So, Bill, do you want to go first? I'll go with another loss, sadly. Loss. Nick, even 8-2. 8-2. I'm going with a W. I hope I'm wrong. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dragon's Cast. You can follow us on Twitter, where our handle is underscore Dragon's Cast. And you can find us on Instagram also, where our handle is simply Dragon's Cast. Zip it up, zip it out.